Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, Plowing Through the Manure Online. Uh, last week, we had one of our more off-the-rails discussions, I would have to say, but still a lot of fun. Uh, something you can grow to expect from us, because we're kind of three messes here, but we're fun, so that's all that matters. This week, we're really going to kind of dig in and uh, talk about an interesting subject to, to us and to all of agriculture, um, and we've titled this week, Mergers, Acquisitions, and Buyouts. Oh, my. So we're going to discuss, you know, with agriculture right now, what we're seeing is some pretty significant um, mergers, acquisitions, different buyouts, things of that nature. Um, just at first glance, we've got, of course, Monsanto Bear, Syngenta Chem China, Winfield United Suppliers, Deal, Deer, John Deere Precision Plant, um, John Deere Hagee Precision Plant Monsanto. Um, you know, it's like trying to keep up with uh, who's dating who in high school here. Uh, back with me are my partners in crime, Jen and Karen. Welcome back, guys. Glad you're here. Jen, there you are. Just yeah, making sure. There totally she is. Here. All right. She is here with us. She's ready to rock. So um, we're really going to dive in head first. And, and one of the one things that we want to talk about is is uh, the different mergers that we're seeing. And, and that's not to be limited to, um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of different mergers and, and acquisitions in, in the grain business, or at least we have here as of late. Um, and so we really wanted to discuss um, why we are seeing them. And and Karen has some very interesting opinions on why it's happening and, and whether or not it's because of wanting to have market control or because it's a, a, a form of survival in today's industry. So I'm going to let her get started and, and rock and roll right into that. Sure. In the past, you know, I would have said all mergers are bad. We need competition. We need choice and things like that. But I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit because I don't think that any one of these companies has enough resources to really, you know, stem a lot of innovation on their own. And I think why we're seeing like, you know, Dow DuPont or DuPont Dow, I guess is how it's going to come across. And then, you know, Syngenta, ChemChina, and also the Bayer Monsanto, I think by com those companies combining, they're actually combining the resource, and we might have a chance here at seeing some new products and some new innovation and, you know, hopefully some new chemicals that aren't just recycled old chemistries or, you know, just slightly different that we actually see some new modes of action. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, sources with Bayer right now with the Monsanto Bayer deal there are claiming that farmers are going to see a stronger portfolio of products. Um, we are seeing Bayer shed some of their duplicate, um, the duplicate products that they have. Um, you know, there's some, some seed things that they have some uh, glyphosate resistant crops, perhaps Karen, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, they're talking about selling those into the marketplace. And there's been word that BASF could pick that up. Um, actually introducing or, or kind of maintaining some of that competition because a different company ends up buying it. Um, but the thought is, is, is that not only will we have more um, to grab a hold of from them, they'll actually have a larger research and development budget. Is, is that right? That seems to be the case, which would be great because we haven't seen a lot of as far as chemical, like actual mode of actions, we haven't seen a lot. Now, we have some different herbicide resistant crops that have come in, you know, with the dicamba resistant, and there's 240 resistant in the pipeline. But we haven't seen any actual new chemistry, which we could really use with all the resistance issues that we're, we're facing right now. And I think that, um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but the bear Monsanto, Monsanto uses a lot of old chemical formulations, right? That they've just basically dressed up and this could, this could, you know, increase their, well, I mean, what that's am I looking for here? Their portfolio. Yes. Thank you. Um, but I mean, there aren't really any new products, you know, Callisto has gone off patent already. Um, balance, I believe came after that. Um, but that's still an HPPD inhibitor. So we really, they all have old chemicals. I wouldn't say any of them are particularly, you know, new. Right. But what I so, think is interesting with the Bayer Monsanto in particular is, you know, there's the possibility that Monsanto might go away. Um, I know in the past, right now, they're, they're doing fairly well and they've made a lot of headway with growers. But there's still a, a small contingency of very, very loud consumers that are very anti-Monsanto. And I'm curious to see if the name will go away and how that will affect agriculture, if the protesters will just find someone else to target, or if they'll you know, feed off and feel like they have a victory of some sort. Well, you'll have to agree that March Against Bear just isn't as catchy. Well, and it's uh. hard to march against somebody if you're using their aspirin or some of their other products within their other you know, facets of the company. And that's what's interesting about Bayer coming in is that they're a pharmaceutical and crop chemical powerhouse. So they're, you really don't think of Bayer as an outside consumer looking in. You don't think of Bayer the way you think of Monsanto. And it's important to point out that, you know, we don't have an ax to grind. We we like Monsanto. We like the, the people that work with Monsanto. But the consumers really, when you say it, Monsanto leaves a bad taste in, in most everyone's mouth because they were the first to really come out and, and do the licensing and, and patenting of the genetically modified crops. They're not the only ones by any means, but they also had the, the worst rap, I think, of, of bringing right. those out. Thank you when all. I had asked Go ahead. On your face on the Facebook page, you know, how people felt about GMOs and whatnot. One of your friends actually had said that, you know, she avoids them all because of the Monsanto nonsense. And I said, Well, you know, do you think all GMOs come from Monsanto? And she said, No, I don't, but I don't have time to figure out which ones are from where. So I'm just gonna, you know, stay away from all of them. But, you know, she just had a really negative experience with the company. And honestly, I have a brother who's pretty anti-Monsanto, too. He's a little bit more of a tree hugger than I am. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I'm curious to see how that affects agriculture if they, you know, if that name in particular just goes away. I mean, obviously, the people aren't going to go away and neither are the products. But, you know, just the initial name might make a difference. I think sometimes yeah, people I mean, people are mad at the name Monsanto, and, and honestly, a lot of them might not even know why anymore. I think that's very true. I mean, honestly, if, if you ask, there are a lot of farmers even that aren't a fan of, of Monsanto, perhaps. Um, well, there was some issues, you know, when Roundup Ready Soybeans came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, they had um, kind of a corporate attitude is this is what you're getting and you're going to like it. And they also went so far as to say, you know, you can spray this multiple times and there's not ever going to be any resistance to Roundup. Well, then obviously Mother Nature, Nature took it upon herself to bitch slap them back into reality because we have a lot of resistance right now. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And and other issues. And that's, I mean, I remember my first experience with, with Monsanto, and, and this isn't to pile on or to, to speak negatively of them, but it's just to kind of explain, you know, some of the background was... Two lawyers showed up in, in suits and, and black SUVs or a black SUV, which seemed 
really crazy, but it's exactly what they were in. And a customer had been run seed. Um, and they wanted all of the information on his sales, his uh, da- you know, daughter's name. She wasn't even, I don't think she was older than, than 12 or 13 at the time. His wife, his father, his mother, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And in general, if, if you signed the contract stating you weren't going to bin run soybean seed, you, sh- you really should have followed it. But I think some people kind of tried to see what the the actual punishment would be and and found out the hard way that it was actually kind of aggressive. Um, well, there were some farmers who did not have bin run seed who also had um, their dumpsters on their farms gone through oh, and, wow. yeah. and things like that. So I think it was just, um, I mean, I, and I'm not blaming them for trying to save their patented seed and whatnot. Uh, it's just how they went about it could have been a little bit more... Um, I don't know, a little bit more friendly, I guess. Um, but I know they've made, particularly with the grower that I'm talking about, I know they've made great strides to, you know, get back into good graces. And, and they've changed their management and they've changed some corporate attitude. And, and I think it's really made a difference. I think for the most part, farmers have forgiven them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those anti-GMO, let's protest about everything kind of people that may never come around and that's okay. But unfortunately, they're kind of loud. Yeah, and I think you make a great point on uh, if the name kind of fades into oblivion, will people forget what they were fighting about in the first place? And I and think, I think it will. Yeah. yeah. What are you seeing, Jen, on, on your side? Are there any uh, of the mergers that we're talking about, whether it's Dow DuPont, Monsanto Bears, and Jenna uh, Chem China, Winfield, United Suppliers, you know, a boatload <laughs> of them? You know, are you guys seeing anything that's impacted you directly or, or seeing anything? Because you, you talk with a lot of folks. Any any conversations that you're seeing that, that uh, are making you scratch your head? No, to be honest, Chris and I have talked about it here. These None of these are going to majorly affect our farm. And I say our farm and our area, um, mainly around our county. Um, I just, I, you know, obviously people are concerned about you know, monopolies or, but I, I just think it's not going to affect the bottom line. Like, like we might fear it's going to. Well, what we've, we talked about a little bit, and I think you make a, a good point on that is, is, uh, these aren't necessarily, these mergers that are taking place aren't necessarily happening because of, um, the desire to control the market. Now there is one, um, that would produce, pretty solid market control. And that is if deer were to be able to purchase um, precision plant from Monsanto. Um, I found it interesting because I, I that first came about in November of 2015. I had assumed it already happened. It hasn't. Uh, the Department of, of Justice stopped it. Um, and for good reason, I would say, um, you know, deer has exact emerge technology, which is a precision plant type technology that has 44% of the the market share in in precision plant technology. Precision plant has 42%. So if deer were to take over precision plant, uh, they would end up with about 86% of of, uh, 
market share in precision plant technology. And I think that's exactly what the consumer is concerned about, whether they license it to ag leader or not. Um, that I think is is really when it comes into being concerned about having the access to smaller companies or, or worrying about vertical integration or something like that. And I mean, it, at least in, in that respect, the Department of Justice has stepped in and said, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And um, from what I saw research wise, I don't know if it will happen. Are, are, are you seeing I, anything on that, Karen? Well, the Jen? one thing I would just want to say is it's Precision Planting is the name of the company. Precision Planting. Sorry. Yeah, just so we're clear and so we don't get, you know, hate mail. But yeah. um, what I find interesting is this is the only merger that the Department of Justice has been calling farmers and asking them for their opinions on. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah, they've been asking them, you know, calling individual farmers and asking them for input on whether or not they you know, how they felt about the merger and how they felt it would, you know, affect the market. And from what I've seen, most farmers feel that that one would be, well, I I did ask, um, you know, our, our listeners on Twitter, and a lot of them said that when Monsanto purchased precision planting um, is when they kind of saw the change or the lack of, of research or, or development of new products or something like that. So it's important to point out that that company has already been purchased. Um, and then you saw it split with the climate corp. Um, the, the part that's being offered to deer is, is different than what's being offered. There's a different part that's being offered to climate corp, which is still a Monsanto leg. Yeah. You need a flow chart to figure it out. You really do. I mean, you really do. I mean, you, we can sit and talk about it, to, but to be honest, it even gets jumbled in my head. Um, it's yeah. it, it needs a flow chart. That's why we'll let you work on that one. Yeah, that, that's not. You can my, Vanna White it. That's that would not be my area of expertise. Now, how about the Syngenta Chem China? Because that's really something. I mean, for one, it's it's ironic in in some ways because Syngenta was is the the group that's being sued um, by our esteemed lawyers in the countryside for damaging uh, the U.S. Chinese corn crop relations for the release of the Duracade seed. Um, it, you know, so Syngenta is the one that that introduced this horrible seed i'm using air quotes this seed that that basically for those of you who aren't in the know they they released seed on the market that hadn't been accepted by china as a a trait available for import um which in 2012 it, it did not matter because of the drought and the lack of available supply but when the market became flooded and china had purchased a significant amount of corn they came out and said oh well this trait has not been accepted we just discovered this in one of your cargos and some folks will say that the market collapsed as a result reality is we we produced a large crop that year um you know yes the the import demand had backed off but china had already basically secured some pretty significant supplies anyway. Um, so it was it was almost a, a good poker hand play by China more than anything. But then, you know, here, fast forward a year or two later, and China's um, government-owned chemical company has come forward and said, hey, we, we want to buy you because we want to have supply and, and are, uh, be able to access the, the market structure that you have. So here we are. We're going to see Syngenta be bought out. Um, and Karen, what do, what do you see from that? Like with the, the Chinese taking hold of, of the technology that Syngenta has available? Well, I think it'll be interesting because, you know, it wasn't that long ago where they arrested that Chinese national in the cornfield in Iowa for stealing the technology 
from another company. And so instead of, you know, espionage, I guess we would call it, and stealing it out, now they just outright are buying it. So, um, but it's important to note that Syngenta's gone through a lot of transfers. You know, it was Syngenta, and before that it was Novartis, which is part of a larger chemical or pharmaceutical company. And then prior to that, you know, it was part of Zeneca too. So Syngenta has had a lot of different faces over the years. Yeah. And so this will just be a, a, another change or a, a further development of what they've got. And really, when it comes down to it, I don't know if it'll necessarily change what the U.S. farmer sees, but it will change what the, the Chinese farmer has access to. I mean, is right. that kind of what you're seeing? Well, I would think so. And I would think that they would be... Um, well, I think they'd be more lax on what they import, but maybe not. Maybe they're just going to try and secure it all and try to grow it from within. But I'm not sure they have the capability or the, you know, the amount of land that would be needed in order to grow all their own. Well, they have approved the trait now, um, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that. I, I should go and, and ask the judges. But I believe they, they approved the trait. So it's it's not even really an issue as much as, as what it used to be, it's still they unapproved in some areas. Oh, of course, yeah. China will do they whatever they want. Right. And we've already known that China wants to, to produce or secure their own food supply. I mean, that's that's they're not shy about that at all. Um, they want to be able to produce their own food. They want to be... Um, you know, self-reliant when it comes to that, or at least they did. Now they're kind of leaning more towards being open to some imports. But um, when it comes to corn right now, it depends on who you ask how much they have. And, and you know, if you look at what the USDA is saying, uh, they have 48%, 47% of the world's corn supply anyway, just left over. You know, they have over 4 billion bushel. They have double our carryout expected this year. So, you know, when it comes down to it, Unless that that's a lie or a fallacy, or unless that it go, it goes completely out of condition, China is not going to be a big importer of of U.S. corn anytime soon, anyway. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I I think it's gonna that that's a deal that's more so going to benefit the Chinese producer than anything. Have you guys seen anything in your local area? Because I'm out in Iowa now, land of the co-ops, um, and we it seems like every year you turn around, there's a co-op. Merging. Are you seeing anything with your local grain suppliers merging or being bought out? Have you seen your elevators, your country elevator kind of go to the one of the big big wigs or big companies out there? Or are you guys still seeing your your local grain stay in the hands of, of local control? No. Our, I guess our local grain elevator went to FS, which is part of the GrowMark system. And outside of that, we've always had ADM and Cargill as options. Um, I guess if Jen, if you want to talk about that, otherwise I'll talk about the retail option on it. Well, our co-op doesn't buy that much around here. Um, ours is more of a retail outlet for chemicals and seed. Right. And with those, you know, we don't see as many independents as we used to. No, ours are, Um, ours are all streamlining and, and merging right now. There's more cash and carry as opposed to like full service co-ops that are popping up here and there. Um, and people are getting, you know, some good prices if they're going to spray their own. Um, and in that saying, too, there's a lot more growers who are now spraying their own. And so they're just looking for a place to buy the chemical and not looking for, you know, full service to to look and see what they need to, you know, actually spray it on for them and, and then to follow up. I'd, I'd like to hear our, our listeners' opinions on that side, if they're seeing any difference. It has helped, I would think, with the chemical side. But um, and that's where I'm at, the impact on competition. Um, you know, overall with the, the big wigs out there, it seems to be more of a, a move in, in survival versus, like we said, 
basically controlling the market. So competition doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Are you guys seeing the same? I mean, really, when well, it comes... I'm see- Go ahead. I'm seeing with different like retail locations, even from within the same larger company, there there are still widely varying prices. So I caught a lot of flack on Twitter earlier um, this winter by saying, you know, you really need to shop around. And then I get in the whole, um, you know, well, you need to support locally. Well, you know what? The most important local business that you need to support is your own, because if you're not in business, then they're not either. So it does good to shop around and it gives you leverage with your local person. But, you know, if your two local people are within 20 miles, then I think you're still local. I don't see an issue with that. But definitely shop around and check. And in the past, I've noticed if you go 70 miles away, um, you seem to get a better price on certain things. We have some guys in Des Moines that drive to Cedar Rapids and some people in Cedar Rapids who drive to Des Moines for the same thing because they get a better price that way kind of like you're only an expert if you're 50 miles from where you live well you can you know give your prices i guess a little bit lower for someone who comes farther but well um we also work with a guy in iowa city who's a you know an independent guy who supplies seed and chemical and some of our growers in our kentucky groups come up to iowa city because it's that much cheaper for them to buy products like zinc and 1034 and haul it back than it is for them to buy it locally do you guys shop local, Jen? And I use air quotes with local. Like, do you guys shop? Uh, do you have someone that you work with that's right close? We do. We work with local co-op on almost all our chemicals. But I, I'm not going to say Chris doesn't shop around. Um, he he can check. He checks those prices, and he's willing to go back to the co-op and say, "Listen, this is what I can get it for somewhere else." You know, what can can you do for me? And that's what I was getting ready to say. I mean, that's the advantage to the world becoming smaller with social media and and online shopping, so to speak. There there is there is price checking. And and I think it just kind of pulls everybody together um, and lets you see what's going on. Uh, The other thing I think is is a lot of times, you know, it depends on your representative from these major companies that are coming in and, and their relationship with your, with the salesman too. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Um, I think that plays a huge factor. And so I think if you're willing to look around at prices and, and negotiate a little bit with, with locals, we, our co-op treats us really well, but we do shop around. And so when we go back to them and say, listen, we, we can get this product from so-and-so for this much, they're willing to work with us. On the same hand, we're willing to say, you know, you may not, co-op may not be as cheap, but you are local. They come down in their price. We're still willing to deal with the co-op for the service. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of customer service that should. And I think that's where the the concern comes in with some of these is that you will see some of these mergers or changes is that you lose the sales staff that you've come to know. Yeah. Or that the sales staff will will we and so that's the 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 big thing that we have to see or the what we have to watch with a lot of these groups is to make sure they don't bare bones their sales staff because it'll limit their cust- ability to serve the customers. It will. And I think then that will, yeah, not just service the customer, but then we're we're willing to go somewhere else to get what we need. And, you know, a lot of these products are, we're working with generics now and they're available from different companies in, you know, just a little bit different. And not everyone will stack them. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And I mean, as a as someone who's I'm not in the the chemical or the the agronomic side of it, I'm in the the buying and selling side. And it's it's much the same. Um, You know, and there's been conversations. I joke, it's like, I don't do you remember Sports Illustrated when they used to offer the football phone, but you couldn't be a current subscriber? Actually, I do. Yes. And so I I don't know the Thing about sports, but I do remember the football phone. That's my when I was a kid, I always wanted the football phone. Well, my dad always subscribed to Sports Illustrated forever, so he had to break it to me that when you're already a customer, a lot of times you don't get the fun perks of becoming a customer. So I, I you know, and and as someone who's in the business on the buy sell side, I try to remind myself of that because there is the occasional where you want to try to to do something to get someone to work with you, um, but at the same time with my faithful customers or the customers that I work with all the time. Um, they also know I can't always be the best price, but dang it, I'm gonna, you know, always bend over. You're going to get them a football phone if you can. Yes. Because everyone well, wants to be a football phone. It's, you know, if you can get close, that's all they really want. You know, yeah. they want to make sure that, you know, they still want to work with you, but they, you know, want to be able to get a good deal, especially since, you know, commodity prices are so low. They're watching every penny. And sometimes, you know, loyalty isn't the priority when you have to watch so many pennies. And That's I, true. Yeah. And your your supplier or your buyer um, should also understand that. And there are times where I can't touch something. And if I know it's a good deal, I will give my customers, I will tell them, you know, I cannot touch that, um, but you should. Actually, you should right. sell some for me at that value because I have some corn. And I've said that uh, to guys before where, um, you know, I cannot compete. That's a, a really good bid. Um, but, you know, you go ahead and, and jump all over it. And I think a good supplier or, or I think that's part of building a good customer relationship is is being able to be honest when you cannot do what maybe a bigger group or someone who's offering the football phone can do. Right. So um, as we kind of get towards the because this has been a, a quick conversation. I mean, it's, it's or it's been a it's an in-depth conversation. There's a lot of of parts and and moving things that we're seeing. But from an overall standpoint, um, you know, other than the, the market control ones that seem to be caught up in antitrust issues anyway, it, it does appear as though, you know, your Dow DuPont, your Monsanto Bear, Syngenta Chem China, those those deals are going to come together. Um, I don't see any and, any reason. And honestly, I got to looking up how much of the market control or or how much of the market these these uh, mergers would control because I honestly had no idea. Um, the Bear Monsanto on the chemical side is going to be thirty point eight percent of the market, which I I found fascinating because that's you know that's we're twenty percent away from no, and that's the biggest one. Uh, Kim China Syngenta is going to do 28.4%, and then Dow DuPont is just at 17.5%. So me, nobody's really going to no, have control. No, no one's going to have control. Um, and I found that fascinating. Everyone, you know, you kind of get tense when you hear it, but if you look at the math, it's not near the drama you might make it out to. Um, and the same goes on the seed side. I mean, Dow... DuPont would um, own nearly 41% of corn seed and 37% of soybean. So they would they would have the majority in that. But Bear, Bear and Monsanto would have 37% of the corn and 30% of the soybean. So 
when you look at these, you know, you got the chemical side where Bear and Monsanto is going to have the advantage, but then on the seed side, your um, Dow and DuPont are. So really nobody is is taking over control. Well, but you would still have options, you right. know, even within those and some smaller right. regional within companies those. who still do some of their their own um, genetics and whatnot. That's what I was going to say is is uh, a seed relationship side of things. Um, you know, you've over the last several years, you've seen companies that have been around for a while, but they've they've been able to prove their ability to compete um, are starting to take a little bit more market share. And the farmers, like you said, have the option. So, so if they're I- upset about a Dow DuPont merger, they can go to Bex or something, you know, hypothetically speaking, whatever well, they particularly do. as the, you know, the resistant, um, the resistant herbicide resistance, and that has failed in some cases, then, you know, those growers don't need to purchase that specialty seed anymore. And they can look for non-GMO seed from smaller regional companies that how many how many independent seed breeders are out there now? Um, well, the Independent Professional Seedsman Association is still active, um, okay. so there's a fair amount. I mean, there it depends on what they're offering. I mean, if they're offering Roundup Ready technology, they obviously had to get it from one of the bigger companies, right? And the same with Liberty or the Dicamba. But as far as their you know non-GMO varieties, some of those are, have still been within their companies. Yeah, we have one in particular. We we market the seed for them because we have some guys that that can use the non-traded. And uh, for one, the price is good. The yields have been competitive, you know, versus and and if they don't need the traded seed, it's worked out well for them. And we see it out here. Um, there's conversations out here. So it is with the seed side, it is concerning, um, you know, because like you said, you have some that are are 40 some percent of, of control. But when it comes down to it, um, that is one of those things where I think you can can consider that they're there are always going to be new options outside of just the traded, um, traded, traded traits. <laughs> uh, no, we traded used to traits. have several independent breeders actually around central Indiana. We, we don't have any now. They've all um, moved on or, or been sold out. That's interesting. Karen, do you work with a lot or don't you do on that side as much? Well, I mean, there's different seed companies, but I can't tell you, you know, how much of their portfolios are, you know, have that the herbicide technology or the BT technology. So I can't really tell you what percentage they are still completely independent. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's some, isn't it specialty? There's some specialty growers and, but um, I mean, they're, they're not as prevalent as they used to be for sure, but they're still out there. So then that brings me to another question. Why do we keep all, why do, why does Monsanto, Syngenta, why do they keep all these different brand names on their seed? Is it a marketing tool? I'm interested. I'm listening. I'm waiting for Karen's response. <laughs> I'm trying to get kids out of my office. That's what, you can picture it right now. Throw the bag of Skittles. Throw it. That's I hear the bag of um, Skittles. <laughs> Yeah, it was cheese balls. Oh, mm. Throw them my okay. way. <laughs> okay, what was the question again? <laughs> so we were talking remember. about all of independent breeders not being around as much. Who has access yeah, I mean, to? Like Wiffles has a breeder. Right. You know, I, I would assume Bex does too. But how much of their portfolio is strictly from there? I'm not sure. So then, that- you know, we used to have 
Holden's. What, you know, which, which was here, of, and that was actually in our home county here, Holden's was. Yeah, you know, Illinois crop improvement isn't really putting out the varieties. Yeah, Michigan, so, or Michigan State. I mean, you're, are your ag are your ag universities still studying like they were? I mean, because Michigan State works with us on non-GMO beans. We're trying to come up with a natto uh, bean variety which is the most disgusting food thing in Japan ever, fermented soybeans. But we're working on that, and Michigan State's been helping us, and it's been is um, that, a struggle. Are they growing those in Australia? It's possible, yeah. I mean, natto beans are a huge, huge, okay, huge... Okay, so, yes. So my daughter just like, actually just got back from Australia with Iowa State, and she's like, Mom, there's this gross bean that... Yeah, Japan wants, and oh, yep. yeah, that's what it was. It's fermented, and they're tiny BB-sized beans. They're very, yes. very small. And the struggle with natto is getting them to yield um, comparably to anything else, at least for us right now. We're trying to find something that will yield um, and will meet grade, and will you know we can basically release on a commercial level um, with our farmers locally and Michigan state's been helping us. So I don't know if Iowa state or if any of these ag schools are doing that. I mean, is there a certain level of research and development that's been left to the universities or are all of these big companies, the ones that are in charge and that's another episode right there. Yeah. We do want to talk about extensions. We are going to, we, that is something that we will probably talk about in the next couple of weeks. I guess roundabout to what I was asking Karen though. Yeah. Why do why does why does why does Syngenta, Monsanto, all of them keep their different uh, seed names? Is it a marketing tool? Um, you know, why does Monsanto keep Stewart and Asgro and Decal? Why aren't they? I mean, is it a a customer well, they loyalty? Kept those, but then they took a bunch of them that under cha- that all went under the channel label. Also, okay, yeah. So, I think regionally it depends on possibly what their what their customers want okay oh, that's my really good question it is a good question i would wonder if it goes back to uh um also not wanting to appear as though they're the only ones in control of the you know because i didn't yeah. realize that channel was a monsanto you know what i like i i had no idea um well that i mean DeCobb you know or uh northrop king was a, a syngena uh oh, nk but, um yeah Monsanto owns Asgro, DeKalb, Stewart. I'm just looking at the ones that I know. Um, and, you know, just name brands that, you know, you're accustomed to seeing and you think you're getting a choice. But let's be honest, in all reality. I mean, really, from an overall standpoint, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of concern that we could lose uh, of what we could lose um, or what we could uh, um you know, not have no longer have access to, et cetera, when it comes to these mergers and, and different acquisitions that you're seeing. But the reality is, um, you know, from from what we're seeing or the, the conversation that we've had here is is that the the antitrust laws that we have and and the Department of Justice and and you know all of those arms of the the federal government seem to be aware or seem to be watching and and looking out for our best interests, um, I would say. Um, and so when it comes to something that would, would basically take over or or have complete control or, or limit access or result in, in vertical integration or something like that, it does appear as though none of these acquisitions that are going to make their way or mergers that are going to make their way forward will be something that'll, will damage, um, a customer's access to, to good competitive, competitive pricing, um, and, and research really. Would you guys agree with that? Completely. 
Yes. So I think there's there's some positives that maybe we haven't focused on as a industry that we should, you know, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised and have some good come out of this. Well, ag has always been scared of um, and well change and and concentration, um, yeah. not having choice, vertical integration. Um, yeah, it, ag's always been scared of that. Yeah, and it, it, with good reason. I think we should right. all be concerned totally. about it. I mean, we saw it happen, um, you know, in the 1900s with industry, just just basic industrial developments. And and there's a reason again that we get that we have those antitrust and, and anti-monopoly laws in place. And as long as we can kind of maintain confidence in in the government and confidence that these things will not be allowed to be just pushed through. Um, I think we can kind of maintain confidence in the fact that some of these developments that we're seeing are are actually going to be beneficial in the long run, even though it may be a bumpy trip to to get to those benefits, you know, at first um, first glance. And none of these mergers are are would be the same as putting it on a level that you know, like Coke and Pepsi merging, or yeah, you know, Ford and Chevy merging. None of these mergers are that controlling. Is that the right no. word I want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to to wrap it up, I mean, we're really open to hearing your opinions, hearing some of the stories. Of course, most of the, the things that we're talking about at this point in time haven't been put through yet. So it's, it's not necessarily something that you will see. Um, but we have seen over the years where we have lost the small businesses, the mom and pop shops, so to speak. But, you know, part of capitalism is developing a business that's going to um be sold or, or going to to generate a significant amount of income eventually. And and so you cannot uh, uh, take that away from these folks that have, have built these businesses up to to be sold in, in the end, too. So uh, do you guys have anything else you'd like to throw out there before we shut her down for the week and, and uh, let everyone get back to their lives as they know it? No, I think I learned a lot, actually. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, Karen's- thank you, Karen. <laughs> Karen's our, our resident smart, smart gal. We thank you guys for listening. As always, definitely throw, give us some feedback if there's something out there that you'd like to chat about topic-wise. So we will see you next week, same time, same place, which again is wherever and whenever you want. Have a good one.